Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Gab, you got your mic faced the correct way this morning? Yeah, that was your fault, by the way, not mine. Yeah, I know. We had to move it <laughs> for something else. Happy Tuesday, March 15th. Happy We're Tuesday. live from Edmonton area on the Podbean app. Yes, yes. Live every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain time. Um, we got a caller already? Hang on. I, 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 I haven't finished. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to we'll get to your uh, question here in a second, Chad. Um, yes, broadcasting live every morning, Monday through Friday at six a.m. Um, join in. The only app you can join in live is on the Podbean app. So download the Podbean app and listen to the show at six a.m. Um, otherwise, all recordings are uploaded to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the the live show is where it's at. Yeah. Yep, that's where you can ask your questions and call in, like Chad, unless Chad just accidentally slipped his finger and hit the call-in button, or perhaps he... he... Yeah, I didn't realize he hit the, the button. <laughs> Hello? Hey, good morning. Morning, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning. I'm, uh... How's it going? Hey, I'm just driving into work here this morning. You guys going to start at 5 o'clock here soon or what? <laughs> uh, Slim chance. Technically, it is 5 o'clock. I mean. Somewhere. Well, I mean, oh, last week it was. <laughs> okay, no, that's that's just a joke question. My next, my true question <laughs> is for you guys. Uh, following along with yesterday's uh, podcast, I'm thinking about, I've been thinking about for a while offloading my first property. As it's not, it's not cash flowing the way I want it to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got two years left on my term. I've got a tenant in it right now. I'm just wondering, like, is there a way I can sell that off and uh, reinvest, reinvest without paying capital gains? No. Nope. There's no 1031 exchange here in Canada, eh? <laughs> oh, you've been listening to too many bigger pockets. <laughs> yeah it's uh, unfortunate but yeah there is no way of getting around it without paying capital gains that's uh it's a downside i mean if you're able to refinance and pull some equity out and buy a property that'd be good but uh yeah you're gonna get taxed on it okay how, how long if i were to sell it how long what is it 90 days i have to give the tenant notice well, if the buyer has to request for it to be vacant and it can't be requested until the conditions are removed and you have an unconditional offer on the purchase. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, once you've got an unconditional offer, then if the buyer is requesting it because the buyer is moving in or the buyer's close family member is moving in, um, then... Yeah, they can request it, and then you can request the tenant to be out in 90 days. I mean, sometimes it's a lot easier just to work something out with the tenant and get an agreement, you know, get it in writing that, hey, we're selling the property, you know, sign this. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that's, um, 
it's you know it 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 sucks you got to pick up games but like i was saying yesterday to the last caller it's, it's i mean it's it's a blessing in disguise that and the market's gone up and this is a great opportunity for us to reassess our portfolios and kind of trim some of the fat yeah i totally agree i think i might uh stick with the refinance for now at this point yeah uh, just because yeah. just because we're gonna have that what like fifteen fifty thousand dollar penalty capital gains realtor fees probably just refinance and pull it out buy something else yeah yeah that might be easier um wh- why isn't it cash flowing uh it's a single family home um we only bought it was a first house so we bought it with five percent down oh okay yeah, it might. Yeah, once you refinance it and reamortize it to thirty years, it might actually help with the cash flow. That's what I'm thinking as well. And uh, considering the values are up right now, um, do it now while values are up because you're appraising it at a higher value. So you're going to get eighty percent of the higher value. Agree. Perfect. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for my call. Or thanks for answering my questions. I got to get to work. <laughs> I'll listen to you guys later. Have a good one, buddy. See, some people do want the earlier show. uh, (laughs) Chad starts at 6 a.m. And I think he's seven minutes late for work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. What were we talking about? We're talking about uh, joining in live. Obviously, you get to call it. (laughs) Great example. Great example of the opportunity to call and get free live coaching every morning. I wish more people would take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people that pay for, you know, very expensive coaching programs um, to get the opportunity to talk to a coach. Ask questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have to wait weeks or, or you know, they have a coaching program where, you know, they get one call a month with their coach and they save all their questions for a whole month. It's right here. And you know what? I think it's, it's free and it's accessible. People think, eh, mm-hmm. they kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's here and it's here until it's not here. One morning, you know what? We're not going to be here anymore. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I wish I would have called in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not today. We still got up today. Um, not even today, Satan. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> um, I, I, I mentioned last night, I, I was on the couch. Um, or is it yesterday at some point? It must have been yesterday. Was yesterday the day that I like, I couldn't get off my ass? No, that was the day before. Oh, Monday. Monday was rough. Yeah, Monday, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never been affected by time change. Uh, I I hit the couch and I was out for like, I don't know, just in and out for the next couple hours on the couch, um, sleeping. And I told Gabby, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. This this time change kicked my ass. She goes, what are you, a child? <laughs> I think I might have said an effing child <laughs> yeah well, this is a family show a gabby it's a family child. show i'm not gonna swear on it <laughs> you're a mess um yeah sleeping on the couch first thing in the morning yeah i caught myself i caught myself that morning i was saying something on the show and i just kind of i kind of just like you know when like you're driving sometimes you kind of doze off for like a split second i kind of had one of those moments like mid talking on the show and i'm like this ain't good this ain't good i feel like i'm driving drunk like I just like, what was I just saying two seconds ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm catching up though. I'm catching up. Um, Kathleen says, "Don't worry, it hit hard this year for some reason." Yeah, I don't know why. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> no idea. First time ever. But uh, yeah, 
so what were the other things that we needed to talk about? Upcoming events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Friday life training. Yes. What are we talking about again? I didn't write it down. <laughs> but I, I running the numbers for flip. running the numbers. Yeah. So this this Friday, join um, if you haven't already join our Facebook group, Real Estate Investing Masters, and um, join us for our live training that we do every Friday at seven p.m. And uh, this Friday we're going to be doing um, fix and flip, running the numbers. Should be fun. Yeah, it should be. I took over uh, last week's session. Wayne will be taking over this week's session. I beg to differ. (laughs) You didn't think this one through. No, the fix and flip is your business, not my business. (laughs) That's your project. You're on the numbers. I just hire everything. Mm. Okay, that's a fact. That is a fact. That is a fact. You did a great job yesterday, by the way. Yesterday. Um, If you're following along with Gabby on. on her um, social media, on her stories, she um, was getting quotes. Oh, excuse me, I got to sneeze. Oh man, I'm an absolute wreck. Did you, Falling asleep, you muted I'm it? sneezing. You got it? I muted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabby was killing it yesterday, um, getting quotes and um, three quotes for just about everything, and saved us a ton of money. Yeah, it only, I mean, like, it only took 45 minutes in the morning. Just call a whole bunch of people, follow up on a whole bunch of people who are supposed to get us quotes. And yeah, Um, I think by the end of the morning, I had saved 2,500 bucks or something like that off of what what would have been if I had just hired the people I was going to hire. It's crazy. Yeah. Or bought, um, I guess not hire the people, but bought from the places I was going to buy that I yeah. normally do. Man, prices change quickly. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, well, like what? What's what specifically changed? Um, <clears throat> just like, I mean, I don't know necessarily. I don't know necessarily if the prices are like changing from store to store but for instance like you need to be really careful with like say windsor plywood you're like oh there's windsor plywood in leduc there's four in the city Mm -hmm. there's one maybe i don't know i don't think there's one in st albert there might be but like there's a whole bunch of them so which one's closest to my flip and um so that's like but then you realize that they're all owned separately and they all get their supplies from different places like you think like under a flagship like that that there would be like some normality, some like commonality <laughs> of where they get their things and how much they charge. And like, it varies quite a bit. Like for instance, just with baseboards, like I know that Windsor Plywood in the West End has one of the lowest prices on kind of your standard, like three inch by five eighths flat profile trim. Yeah. Um, that's where I've gotten it in the past for several renovations because they were one of the cheapest. And so they sell it for 99 cents. <laughs> and the one on the south side sells it for like, I forget, it was crazy. It was, I think it was like 120 or something like that on our last flip when I checked. So I didn't even call them this last time. I was like, I'm getting it from Windsor. They have the best price. Mm-hmm. Um, but then since I was getting door quotes from other places, I started asking about how much their trim was. And yeah, if you saw my story, I think it was like 110. And then um, and then I got another one for 83 cents. I was like, damn. That's a huge my, difference. Yeah. It is like once you, so we have um, about 1300 um, linear feet that we need to buy. (laughs) So it's, I think, I think going from 83 cents to 110 is like a $350 savings. So, I mean, when you're talking about like 
spending $80,000 or like $90,000 or $100,000 renovation, like Mm -hmm. however big of a renovation you're doing, it's like, oh, 350 bucks. But that's one item. Yeah. One item of literally like an entire brand new house full of items. Yeah. (laughs) So that adds up fast. And then like 2,500 bucks on doors, savings on doors. Like, yeah, I, I guess actually in... In total, I saved closer to $3,000 yesterday. Man. So, yeah, you got to do your calling around. It's, um, it's crazy. <laughs> and then even just like like random things like light fixtures. I mean, you can spend anywhere from like on just like a flush mount. You can spend 40 bucks or you can spend 100 bucks when you got, you know, 15 of those to buy. That's a lot of money too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So every single item, you need to make sure that you're – you know, when you're getting started out, you know, you know what the ranges are and what you should be paying so that you're not overpaying on, on silly little things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, good for you for getting, figuring all that out. Um, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, is it something you still have to do every single time or like have um, you built the relationships with the people that you can just continuously keep going back to them? Yeah, I have. I definitely have, have places that I just keep going back to for a lot of things. But I think when it comes to like things like, like doors, baseboards, lumber, like those types of things, where it's not as stable, and also I find that a lot of the places like um, fancy doors has great prices on doors. They just do straight up, mm-hmm. and they like charge basically. Um, I'm not sure if this is true for all of their styles of doors, but the ones that we normally get, they charge like a flat fee no matter the size of the door like for instance the ones that we got were 110 per door like didn't matter if it was an 18 inch door or if it was a 32 inch door they're 110 bucks whereas that same door at say windsor plywood or like a timber town or something can range from like 120 to like 185 so like each door size is its own price and it ranges crazy Wow. Yeah. And so like, but this time Windsor Plywood had a sale on their doors. So they Mm. were down to 115 and they could machine them, which we needed. Fancy doors couldn't machine them for us. Right. So it made more sense to go with Windsor, even though they were $6 more. So it's just like, it's those types of things that you just unfortunately need to do the calling around. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good checklist of who to call at what stages of the renovation to make sure that you're, yeah, Yeah. saving a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there because it adds up. Yeah. Big time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick little commercial break here, and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, folks. Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education. We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies. You know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday. Okay, we are back. Um, just wanted to point out real quick that um, for those of you that don't know, Barry McGuire is holding his uh, his next rapid cash workshop in uh, May, May, May 7th through 8th. In person. In person. Oh, they, haven't done, they haven't done a live <laughs> workshop in, in just about three years. Yeah. Um, it's the last time we were at one, obviously. Um, Gabby and I will be there. Um, we're part, you know, focus team leaders with, uh, Barry McGuire and, and, and Donna there. And I mean, I've talked about it before on the podcast, uh, their courses 
catapulted our business. Yeah. Um, for me, <clears throat> it was exactly what I needed. Now, it may it may be for you. It may not be for you. I mean, take a look at, um, at what's being offered. It's um, it's a full workshop that covers joint ventures, fix and flips, wholesaling assignments, uh, rent to own, agreement for sales, options, and options. Um, covers all of it over a period of two days. It's, it's going to be in Calgary, live in person um, at the Clique Hotel. I highly recommend checking out if that's if any of those things are, are, are strategies that you're planning on implementing into your business. Don't just take it because you want to take it. I mean, like if seriously, if that's something that you're planning on using and you're serious about it, definitely go and take it. It's like I said, changed my life. Um, all the strategies that I learned through those courses, rapid cash and through the agreement for sale course that they did as well. Um, basically those are 90% of my business now. Absolutely. Yeah. 90% of the business that I do. Um, 95% of the opportunities that I have had since 2016 have all come from, you know, recognizing those, you know, because I took those courses, I was able to recognize those opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, like we've said it time and time again, that like, we feel like we owe Barry and Donna so much because we would have been stuck floating, trying to figure (laughs) out what the heck we're going to do, how we're going to get that like third, fourth property. It's tough. Like once you run out of that first saved up money and you know, the mortgage qualifiability, it's just like, what do you do? I was floating. We were, yeah, we didn't know how we were going to do the next thing. And yeah, when Wayne signed us up, I was like, we're signed up for what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, first deal, paid for it. And we never looked back, like just literally, yeah, our entire portfolio from there on was just like, boom. <laughs> we were we were also at like a weird spot with our finances too. We both had really good jobs, but we just were not smart about our money. Yeah. We had debt that we hadn't paid off and- We made more money and we spent more money. Yeah. And, yeah, every um, time we got a raise, it was just like our quality of life <laughs> went with it. We, yeah. Who can relate to that? <laughs> Post in the comments if you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, it's harder to downsize later and figure that out than it is to do it right off the bat. <laughs> and, and, I, and I pride myself in being a pretty smart guy, but still just making impulsive decisions. You know what I mean? When even, even saving money, we were saving money, but then something would come up and we would just spend it. Or we'd save the money and then we'd use a credit card and then we'd pay off and then, you know, the credit card would build up or the line of credit would build up and we're like, oh, we better pay this off. Yeah. And then we pay it off with the savings money. So it's just, it was so hard to, it, it, it is hard. It is hard to, to be good with your money. And uh, we weren't. So at that time it was like, you know, we were accumulating debt, which I would just work another shutdown and pay it off. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a roller coaster, Ed. But we decided to (laughs) to put it on a credit card. This, you know, I think it was for the both of us, it was a little over 3000 bucks. It was a big thing. You know, around that time too, we were, we were kind of at that moment where like, okay, we need to do something different. And, um, and, and my solution was spending more money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sometimes you have to, which can be a little intimidating. Yeah. Um, but we did it. We took the chance. And then like Gabby said, within six months, um, we did our first agreement for sale wholesale or agreement for sale assignment and uh, made 5,000 bucks and it paid for the course plus more. Yeah. Um, and then we picked one up immediately after. Another agreement for sale immediately after. As soon as I learned how to do it, it, it became very 
Yeah. Because it's kind of scary at first, like doing your first deal. Yeah. First creative deal. And then when you finally get through the process. Once you write the paperwork once, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of it's a lot easier because you know and, and and to be honest, when you're when you're talking to sellers or you're talking to tenant buyers, it's a lot easier to to have that conversation because you've had it already before and you know all the answers to all their questions. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Um, but definitely check that out. Uh, Gabby and I are gonna be there in Calgary on May seventh and eighth, um, with a rabbit cash workshop. Um, if you guys are interested, send me a message. I can probably get you a discount code for being on the show. Just uh, send me a message and say, hey, I heard you talking about that rapid cash thing. And um, I'll do my best to get you guys a discount as well. And I'll buy you a beer. Man, you're going to be buying so many Yeah, beers. I know. There's like 75 people coming. It's it's Yeah, I did the math. <laughs> <laughs> Realized what I committed to. But you know what? Um, I... If if it's if it's what's holding you back, a beer. <laughs> no, <laughs> if it's what's holding you back from from taking that next step, or from you know if you're like me or kind of floating around and you got no prospects, and if that that's what you need, then definitely take the course. And if I gotta buy a person a beer in order to motivate them to change your life, then yeah, I'll buy him a beer. Okay. So that's what's bringing people. It's the beer. Okay. Got it. Yeah, sure. Got it. Um, yeah, let's just, uh, just leave it at that. <laughs> I- I'm super excited. I, I love those events. Yeah. Love them. Love They're them. They're amazing. Creative minds all coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, one other upcoming event is our cabin retreat on April 1st through 3rd. That's coming up fast. Yeah. It's two weekends away. I think. Where are we at? Not this one, not next one, but the next one. Okay, three weekends away. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, we got a busy couple months coming up here. We do. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the calendar. Crazy. Uh, yeah, April 1st through 3rd, our next real estate investing cabin retreat sold out. Um, but that's a three day cabin retreat where you get to spend a weekend with Gabby and I and a small handful of uh, other real estate investors. and spend the weekend just in a small group in a circle just working out what it is that you want out of life and what's devising a plan yeah and then we're going to build a real estate investing business model um around that plan how to get you there as quickly as possible using strategies um if you're planning on raising joint venture capital then we're going to talk about raising joint venture capital if you're planning on doing agreement for sales and you've already taken an agreement for sale course we're going to talk about agreement for sales if you're planning on doing a fix and flip business we're going to talk about fix and flip it is completely catered to you individually we're ready for whatever comes up (laughs) it's 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 a bit of a it's a challenge for us because we never know what we're going to be teaching that weekend or what we're going to be covering yeah you got to crack you open first it's like okay see what your resources are see what you want out of life and then yeah. yeah, we got to get you to get honest first. And then once you figure it out, and once we establish what's the best strategy for you, then we're going to spend the rest of the weekend, you know, educating and, and planning. You know, that's your opportunity to ask all of your questions, you can just literally hit us with a machine gun full of questions, and we'll answer them, and we're ready for it. And um, it's gonna be a ton of aha moments, there's gonna be a ton of breakthrough moments. It's, it's, it's one hell of an experience. Um, we love it. Um, and, uh, ironically, Barry McGuire is going to be a speaker. Cheryl yes. Wilkes is going to be a speaker, expert, uh, mortgage broker talking yeah. about financing. Calvin Hexter is going to be a speaker. He can be talking about, to be honest, let me just rewind a second. Cheryl and Calvin, actually, they, a lot of times 
will cater their presentations towards our guests as well. They do. Yeah. They 100% do. So I actually, I actually check in kind of with, with who's coming to the retreat about a week before and I find out what are you kind of interested in or where are you at? Are you new? Are you experienced? Yeah, are you in the city? Are you out of the city? Yeah. Um, and then they will cater their presentation specifically towards our guests. Um, so again, it really depends on you, which is, I think the best part about it Yeah. is that it's not a cookie cutter approach. Um, I'm every other course, every other coach, everything else that you've done in real estate investing education is all been a cookie cutter approach. Join our program to learn how to do rent to homes, join our program to learn how to raise capital, join our program. No, this is specifically for you. Yeah. And you might not even know before you walk in the door, what it is you're going to be leaving doing, but we're going to help you figure that out. And then we're going to cater it all towards you. So that's right. that's the cabinet treat. Um, if you're interested in coming coming to an upcoming one, just send me a message and I'll get you on the waiting list. And next time we have a spot open up, a cancellation, or we announce another event, then I'll let you know. Yeah. We also have um, the next Fix and Flip meetup on April 10th. Sunday, mm. April 10th. Yes. Yeah. Um, so mark that in the calendars if you guys yeah. uh, are interested in going to our next um, watching the progress of our fix yeah. and flip. In theory, fingers crossed, we should have a kitchen, we should have railings, we should have flooring. So it should look very different if you came to this one this past weekend. Um, it should be looking very different and getting put back together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, hopefully the snow's melted too in the next four weeks. Yes. Um, it won't be. But- go to eventbrite.com and look up Prairie Home Investments. Or have a look in the show notes. The link will be there to register. It's free, but just we need you to register because otherwise the house will be jam-packed. What's going on in the news? You know what I missed? Yes, I missed, what is today, Tuesday? Yesterday was Monday. Yeah. I was sleeping on the couch yesterday. (laughs) Okay. Um, <laughs> Glad to uh, that up. Something, something we missed um, was uh, a famous landlord died in Edmonton on Sunday. Yeah, Abdullah Shah. Um, he, he, to be honest, a lot of people know his face, but they and they kind of know, you know, sketchy his landlord. Story, yeah. But you know, they kind of have pieces of his story. But um, he's a notorious slumlord, um, slumlord uh, landlord. Um, he was shot and killed on Sunday night. And this wasn't the first time that he was, uh, he was shot. He was just shot in August in the head and he survived. Um, made a lot of enemies. Um, every time I see him in the news, which has been often over the past decade. Like I remember we, I think we first learned about him when we were first getting into landlording. Well, I mean, look at that picture that they always use. They have one picture of him that, like, they caught him. You see the picture? Yeah. They, uh, they caught him just, like, when he was driving away, and he's just, like, so annoyed with the photographer. He's got, like, his like his Russian truck suit I, on. I bet you that's his headshot. <laughs> uh, it's not a friendly look. No, it's not. It looks um, scary. It's very intimidating. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say this. No, I shouldn't say anything. Um, like, bad, bad, bad jokes about dead people. Um but it sounds like he wasn't a very good person no. or maybe he was, maybe he was misunderstood uh, as I continue to read this. Um, a lot of people look at him as uh, as this, you know, negative person who, you know, all these being charged with fentanyl and, you know, drug things and, and crimes within his, uh, his properties. But apparently he helped a lot of people transition back into society. He was um, providing housing for um, people who were 
kind of like halfway houses. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happens that most of those properties were filled with mm-hmm. people who were trying to transition back into society. So, um, yeah, lots of inner city stuff. Yeah. He was 59 years old. Um, outside his home in the Haddo neighborhood. Haddo. That's, um, South side. So, southwest. I think it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, so bad with neighborhoods. It's, it's like embarrassing. Terwilliger, <laughs> yeah. Rabbit Hill, yeah, Rabbit Hill, um, area in Edmonton. Um, so a pretty, pretty quiet neighborhood. River Bend, Johnny Twenty Five says, pretty quiet neighborhood. So you know, to have his house shot up must have scared a lot of people. Oh, who was that? It was okay. Yeah, in twenty eighteen. Who did it? Who done it? Uh, I, I no. Uh, they were looking for a certain vehicle, from what I remember reading. Mm. In 2008, he was jailed for his role in a $30 million mortgage fraud scheme that landed him a five-year prison sentence. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, Shaw was handed a 15-month conditional sentence, including eight months of house arrest for pressuring associates in the Edmonton Remand, Remand Center to carry out a hit on a former employee who allegedly <laughs> stole tools and equipment. Uh during that hearing, defense lawyer Paul Morrow said that Shaw was transitioning out of the rental business after selling off a majority of his portfolio. Um, in 2019, police and Canada Revenue Agency agents executed a series of high-profile raids on a number of Shaw's properties that ultimately did not result in any charges. His lawyer called the investigation a witch hunt. Shaw and several associates later won $250 each in legal costs from Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee over a news release identifying them as persons of interest in that investigation, with allegations including money laundering, drug tra- drug trafficking, and participation in a criminal organization. Um, Shaw made several complaints over the years about police conduct, accusing EPS members of harassment. Um, at the time of his death, Shaw was facing several charges related to trafficking fentanyl in an unrelated case. Yeah. At the time of his death, Shaw and his associate operating were operating a property management group called Home Placement Systems. A 2019 news release described Shaw as a dedicated advocate for housing reform while acknowledging his reputation precedes him. Shaw had been an f- active figure in the community for approximately 20 years, and during that time, he had assisted persons with significant socioeconomic challenges to secure housing, enroll them in rehabilitation and mental health treatment, and complete successful reintegration into society. Um, I'm assuming he had a large part in that uh, in that news release. <laughs> um, in many instances, he does he does so to his detriment and financial loss. So um, maybe he was misunderstood, but obviously there was a lot of other stuff that was going on as well. Yeah. Um, hard to say whether it was later in his life that he was trying to. Um, turn things around or if it was just a, a cover up. I was going to say, if it's like a combination of just like doing good and doing bad, like you can't cover up the, the shit you do just by like trying to do other good in society. Hey, unless it was like you said later in life, turning it around, realizing you've been a shit person. And yeah, <sighs> but I mean, yeah, he obviously had a lot of enemies. <laughs> He's been shot twice this year. Yeah. Yeah, when drugs are involved and that kind of stuff, um, criminal activity running in his in his properties. Um, I'm assuming he was buying properties, you know, with 
with dirty money, et cetera. That's what I'm assuming through all of this. Investigators are specifically looking to speak to a person who was driving a light-colored Toyota 4Runner westbound on Heath Road at 9.54 p.m. on Sunday. Hmm. Um, but that's that's what we got on that information. It's uh, That's the first time I've read a news article in a while. That's kind of <laughs> what I wanted to do. I wanted to read more news articles but on the morning show. But to be honest... I can't stand talking about mortgage interest rates and like yeah. the bubble and all that other stuff because it's all just people's opinions. It's not facts. Mm-hmm. This is facts. A guy got shot. With a lot of opinions in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I did. Anybody else hear anything specific? And you know, for those of you that are um, natives to Edmonton, have you heard anything more about Abdullah Shah? Any more stories? I've, I've only been here. Actually, I've been here quite some time now. Yeah. I, I can't even remember all the stories. Like he's been in the news so much over the past decade that we've been investing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every time something came up, we're like, oh my God, that guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that face. Every time yeah. you see it. Um, yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> <sighs> what else have we got going on, darling? Oh, boy. Well, we have... Um... Ryan has a question here. While you're on current event, do you want to discuss pros and cons of landlord licensing? Hmm. That's interesting. I, uh, I read a headline the other day, but I never read the article. <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you want to dive a little deeper into that and to specifically um, why or, or what you're referring to, what landlord licensing is? In the meantime, I'm going to Google and see if I can find that article. Yes, with your questions, guys. Uh, four days ago, um, there was an article that came out. Uh, it said, Edmonton Councilor wants city to license landlords. Um, an Edmonton City Councilor thinks that a city of Edmonton licensing system for landlords would help improve standards for renting. I agree. Does it say what that would look like? I can read the whole article, but I just want to start off by saying that I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the city councilor said that a licensing system, along with a set of rental regulations and standards, would make it easier for renters to get repairs done and ensure basic maintenance is completed. It's a huge problem. It is a huge problem. I don't see this as like a, as like it's going to make things harder for us. No, if you're doing things right, then it's just a technicality. But if you're a shit landlord, then it's uh, get your shit together. Absolutely. (laughs) Like you and I, when we get a repair request, we take care of it right away. 100%. You know what I mean? It's a cost doing business. Other people, they're not running their their rental properties like a business. And they're just like, they think that just because they own a property, they can be a landlord. Mm -hmm. And I know how difficult it is for a tenant to get a repair done. They ask, the landlord says, yeah, I'll think about it, or yeah, you know, I'll put it on the list, but then they don't do it. There's no other way to get that repaired. And if the person wants to repair it, say it's a leaky faucet or something like that, mm-hmm. or the shower is you know, dripping and they're paying utilities, mm-hmm. then they have to re- pay for it. And then the landlord doesn't have to reimburse them. Right? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And so what a lot of times is um, a tenant will go and repair it and they'll ask the landlord and say, hey, this thing was leaking. I, I couldn't let it leak anymore. My, my utility bill was like 
twice as much last month because it was dripping or this toilet flap or something or other. I had to call in a plumber to, to replace the toilet flap because it was leaking and my utilities were high. Here's the receipt. You know, are you able to reimburse us for that? And they say, nope, there's a process. You're not supposed to do that. I don't have to pay you. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, the tenant is forced to do all the repairs and pay yeah. for them, which is not their responsibility. Yeah. And then, you know, what's the alternative? You go and you take it to the RTDRS over a $90 charge, mm-hmm. right? And ruin your relationship with your landlord and then get kicked out at the end of the year. It's intimidating. Um, Ryan says, not sure if too many details. It was brought up by counselor. Um Josh says, hope it's not the start of situations like Ontario in comparison to An- to Alberta for landlord care tenant situations. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think that their, their landlord and tenant laws. Or yeah, act they're just, their act is just shit. Is, <laughs> Sorry, I keep saying that okay. word over and over again. It's <laughs> okay. It is. It is shit. Um, but a licensing system... Yeah, I, I hope that it just kind of stops there. I agree with you. Yeah. Because um Yeah, it could open the the floodgates to putting a whole bunch of different regulations and changes in place. Yeah. I think having a licensing system or some sort of a standard for, you know, expectations for what a landlord is responsible for. I mean, there's there's an act, but how do how do you enforce it? And to be honest, repairs aren't really in the act. I think it's to a reasonable um Living standard. Living standard. Yeah. And then beyond that, it's like you need Alberta to go to Health Alberta standard. Health. Yeah. And like if, yeah, if a place isn't kept up to to living livable standards, then <clears throat> Alberta Health gets involved. It's not like then the RTAs, like, you know what I mean? It's, it goes into yeah. a whole different department. We're not, we're not talking about something minor here. We're talking about people's homes. So yeah, I take it very seriously as well. As long as, again, as long as it remains a fair system like it is in Alberta. That's the cool thing is that compared to Ontario, Ontario and BC and other provinces, it's not a fair system. It's not equal. Um, Alberta is a fair system. It is just as hard for us to get things done. Um, you know, if our tenants are not fulfilling their obligations as it is for them t- to get us to do things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's, it does take some time and sometimes like, you know, maybe a repair isn't getting completed. So a tenant has to wait three months before you know, going through the hearing process to get that thing repaired. Same thing. If a tenant is not paying rent, it takes us two to three months for the process to get them to get them out and, um, you know, hire a bailiff and then start a collections, you know, and, and all the while we're covering the financial, um, costs of, you know, carrying costs until we get the money back from them. So I think it's a very fair system, but I think that it could use some improvement in, in this, in this category for sure. Um, more than 10,000 complaints are processed each year by the province and thousands of investigations are completed according to service Alberta. Um, and clear expectations and standards could mean fewer landlord tenant disputes. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm going to skim through this article. Um, I wonder if, you know, if what happens if you don't, like what, what's, how yeah, do, that's what I was, do you lose your license? That's what I was thinking as well is, you know, like, is it just that you get fined um, or could you eventually lose your license? Then what does that mean for your properties? Like I, it's, yeah, definitely more 
Um, Counselor Michael Jans was inspired by his own poor rental experience when he says he had to deal with undisclosed cockroach infestation. Mm. Um, and see, that's a standard of health, right? Yeah. Um, the landlord can already do this for tenants. Uh, they can do reference checks. They can do credit checks. They can get more information than you're probably comfortable with from you as a tenant. But what do you truly know about your landlord? Mm -hmm. Facts. Yeah. Jan's also said a licensing system would also help neighbors dealing with problem landlords. So yes. yeah. if a neighbor um, is, is disgusted with, you know, how a property is being dealt with. Cops um, are constantly being called and there's, yeah. A problem house that a landlord just keeps letting whoever into for sure. Yeah. Jens expects the regulatory system would be mandatory, though he doesn't expect all rentals would immediately sign on. His proposal would see the fees collecting, collected for licensing be used towards an enforcement system. It's good. I've talked about this. I've talked about this a lot in the past. That I think that there should be, I don't know, trying to find a solution for shitty landlords. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah. I I, I don't have an exact figure yet, but I, I've, I've always just randomly said 70%, maybe 80% of landlords are amateurs. Yeah. And could be, otherwise, I mean, I'd see a lot more people tuning in live every morning. <laughs> no, it's too easy. It's too easy to buy a house um, and then to buy another house. You know what I mean? 5% down. You had a house, you had a condo, you had a townhouse, you had a single family house. And then you decided, oh, we're upgrading because we're having another kid. So we're going to go buy another house for 5% down, but I don't want to sell that other property. I mean, Chad this morning, prime example, Chad had a house, bought another house. We did the same thing, had a house, bought another house. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I'm a landlord. I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to, to, to rent my property. I mean, yes, but there, we should be experts. In, yeah. And in, there's a difference. It's like when you're set out to go on that path, like for us <clears throat> at that point, when that house turned into a rental, we studied the act. We like got all the proper documentation. We wanted to make sure that we did everything right. And we knew that we were on the path to acquire more properties and that this was going to be our life. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're like, oh, you know, like maybe we should just keep the house and turn it into a rental. You know, rentals are supposed to, you know, bring wealth. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well, yeah, let's put up an ad and let's put somebody in there. Oh, I guess we kind of need an agreement or something. Hmm. Let's search the internet or ask on Facebook. Yeah. And then they grab a crappy agreement and put something in place and don't do what they're supposed to do as landlords. Until something happens and then they ask Facebook again, hey, am I supposed <laughs> to do this? Are they responsible for this? Menzur is on this morning. Hey, good morning, Menzer. Um, He says 80% are amateurs. He agrees. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so that's why I say that there should be some sort of a, I, I, you know what, now that I think about it, I have said on the podcast before that there should be some sort of a governing body. There should be someone um, enforcing the act because no one enforces it. AHS and like city inspectors. That's pretty much it. So like if it's not meeting minimum health requirements, as per the Alberta health standards, then a complaint could be put in by the tenant. And then, you know, the landlord is given two weeks to rectify the issue. And if they don't, 
then a penalty we know will be. Will yeah. Be on the flip side of things though, I don't know to be devil's advocate here, like just like we have the ability to go down to the courthouse and run, you know, a check on our tenants to see if they've had judgments against us, mm -hmm. they have that same capability. They're just not True. educated. So True. if you're going to be a tenant and you're going to be renting, you should also be educated. You should know what your responsibilities are as a tenant and you should follow them, which will then make you not land yourself with a judgment against you. Yeah. But you should also know these types of things as well, that you can go down to the courthouse and run a check on your potential landlord and see that they've had tenants, you know, win judgments against them as a landlord. Mm hmm. Um, you know, like the other side of things is that like, they can't just always play victim. Like they, sh they need to be educated as well. Yeah. Right. Because how many <clears throat> amateur uneducated tenants are out there? How many do you think have read through the act and actually know it? Okay. Well, I don't want to say a hundred percent, but 99, <laughs> let's be nice and say 99. We yes. as tenants, when we were renters, we didn't have a freaking clue. Yeah. Right. So there's that flip side of things where they just like, there's that entitlement aspect of it where they think that like, oh, we have this crappy landlord, but, but at the same time, they haven't been following their rules and responsibilities. True. It's funny though. If you had a tenant ask for all the information from you, you would probably ignore them because <laughs> they're going to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> oh, like, uh, like a check if, on us. Yeah. Well, I, I was taken aback just a couple of months ago when a tenant asked me for tenant uh, references. I was like, what? <laughs> a what? Uh, hold on. <laughs> I don't have any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, thank you, Ryan, for bringing this up. It's actually a really great conversation. I'm, I'm glad that we, we had a look at this. I'm still kind of skimming through this article. I saw it the other day and... and um, and I was quite interested, but I didn't have time to read it. Um, I'm just reading at the bottom of the article actually says here that um, a landlord licensing system was just launched in Montreal in February. Huh? Uh, Toronto has the Rent Safe Toronto program. Buildings undergo regular evaluations and all the data is compiled and made available online. Um, the Alberta Residential Landlord Association declined to comment, but says it is monitoring the situation. So none of this is, uh, you know, mm -hmm is happening, but a certain, um, counselor is, is requesting it. Um, and, and I, I applaud it as long as, again, as long as it's fair, I think that it really bothers me when, when tenants, you know, when they reach out to us and they say, Oh my God, this is so nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. My last landlord, they, they never, they never did. They never fixed this. I, I know I, I, it was, I didn't even bother anymore. I just started, I think we had one tenant that said like, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I, I was just repaired stuff because my other landlord didn't. I'm like, seriously? Is it like, I, I think it's horrible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In order to have a safe and, and healthy place to live, you have to buy a place for your own. Yeah. You just have to accept the fact that someone's not going to do it. So yeah. I, 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 I like it. I personally like it a lot. Um, Tony Miller, actually. Um, I think Tony Miller uh, commented on one of my posts recently. Was He was saying that, um, Montreal had just launched some sort of a program like this. Um, so that's good. I mean, as long as it's fair, very interesting article. This guy looks really familiar. It's Michael Jan's guy. <laughs> yeah, it looks really familiar. I must've seen him in the news before. 
Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to cover today before we... Um... Hold on. Okay. Um, Ryan said that he's had potential tenants ask for references. Ryan, did you have references to give them? Like, th that was the first time anyone's ever asked me. So I was like, is this something I'm going to have to start collecting? <laughs> uh, Moving forward? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because, yeah. um, you know, I not to say... It, it, these are just it facts, doesn't always just facts. end like you know even if you even if you have to take 50 bucks out of their deposits they didn't quite clean good enough and it's like an hour worth of cleaning like that's a sour note right yeah. and even when that's a great ending to a tenancy if you only need to take 50 bucks right it's been very rare that we've actually finished a tenancy and they've gotten the whole damage deposit back or security deposit back yeah um uh, actually we've had a lot recently okay. which has been great okay well yeah. at least we're bumping up the average yeah the average is going up. That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Manzor says, never had a tenant ask for references before. That's wild. Well, you're in Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Manzor actually just moved to Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, glad to see you come on this morning, buddy. Um, Sorry, you were going to change subjects. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just going to cover one last thing because... Uh, Last week, we had someone reach out and they asked a question on the show and I didn't have an answer. Um, so I sought out the answer from a, an industry professional. Good for you. Uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, someone had asked about, um, I guess they had a young kid, 17-year-old. Sorry, mm, I remember. not a young kid, but a 17-year-old reached out and said they wanted to buy their house. And he's like, can a minor even buy a house? And I didn't have the answer. I didn't know. I mean, I just assumed no. You had to be 18 years old in order to own a property. Mm -hmm. um, and there were other things, you know, attached to that as well. And, you know, can they get financing, et cetera? Um, it didn't make any sense. Uh, but I didn't really have an answer. So I said I'd find out. And actually, um, Barry McGuire recorded a video for us yesterday oh. uh, answering the question. Um, and I cut the audio for you guys. So I'm going to play that for you. I'm going to play the answer about, uh, you know, can a minor own a property or buy a property and, uh, Barry's let me know your man. thoughts. Okay. Hold on. Hi everybody. I'm Barry McGuire, full-time real estate lawyer. And that's my cat. I've been asked whether or not minors, that is people under the age of 18 years of age can own property in Alberta. So there is no specific piece of legislation. There's no law that says uh, you have to be an adult to own a piece of property. So if I wanted to transfer half of my house to my 10-year-old grandson, I could do that. I could transfer it. And so he and I would be on the title half and half. The trouble comes when it's time to sell or mortgage or do something with the property. When you do that, when you sell or mortgage or lease, uh, there are uh, what's called affidavits of execution to sign. And a witness has to say that they know everybody signing and that they are at least 18 years of age. So where my grandson is now on the title, he it's difficult for him to get off the title. Difficult for him to get off the title. And... Um, in that situation, if my grandson and I wanted to sell the property, I would actually have to go off to court, 
to the Court of Queen's Bench and apply to a judge telling him that I wanted to sell this piece of property and my grandson owned half and he'd ask me a bunch of questions. And if he agreed with the reasons why we wanted to sell, then he would give me an order that the land titles office would pay attention to and then the sale could go ahead. So uh, overall, there's no rule saying that a miner can't be on a title, can't be on a piece of property. The trouble comes when a miner is uh, transferring the property, mortgaging the property, leasing the property, when somebody has to say they're 18, and if they're not 18, everything will stop. So I think the, the lesson here is, uh, if you're gonna put a child or a grandchild on a title, uh, you better have a pretty good idea of, uh, maybe they're gonna stay on the title till they get to be uh, over the age of 18, and then they can deal with it just like anybody can, because then they'd be an adult. It's a tricky area. It's called the Miners Property Act is the legislation that rules this. So uh, if you're thinking of putting a miner on title, uh, I suggest you talk to your lawyer, think twice and check it out uh, before you do that. That's all folks. There you have it. Awesome. There you have it. So as he alluded to at the end there, the problem comes when trying to get financing and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, did I understand correctly that somebody under 18 can't get financing uh, I or is that another question I, that needs to be an answer? Do well, I have to ask someone else now? <laughs> uh, I, I, well, get Cheryl to record a video for us, please. <laughs> I will, I will, I will get on that. And I think one of the key things that you need in order to obtain a large, large loan of that size um, is, is, is your own income. Yeah, and a income lot of, and credit. Income and credit. And a lot of, you know, individuals under 18, the age of 18, don't necessarily have, um, you know, that kind of income and that kind of credit yet. Mm -hmm. um, you need to earn credit. I don't believe you can get a credit card until you're 18 years old. So it's, it's difficult to, to build credit at that age. Um, Menzor says, I'm fairly certain the loophole to that is buying in a corp and applying for commercial financing or cosigner. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that would but be. But doesn't commercial financing still for residential require personal guarantee? Mm, not multifamily. Well, personal, yeah. Someone might have to cosign. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Cool. I, that might just be residential. Well, I think financing. we are talking about residential here. Well, I don't think Unless a seventeen-year-old is out looking to buy a multifamily. Well, well is, maybe, but hats off. <clears throat> yeah. um, I think the most common case would be they want to buy a, a house, a rental house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 as we said the uh, last week, I think the reason why that individual was reaching out to try and buy a house was was to get it under contract and to possibly wholesale and to flip that purchase contract and yeah. wholesale and assign it. So I mean. Again, I love that hustle mentality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of things you could be doing. You could be playing video games. You could be chasing skirts. Partying. Um, but, you know, to, to be trying to better yourself and try and build something at that age, having that mentality, um, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's responsible. It's mature. 
Manzara says real estate investing is a big party. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I'm talking about different part like any uh any country folks here, bush parties. That's, oh, geez, that's where I was spending my weekends. Gabby was born <laughs> in the mountains. Or pit parties at the gravel pits. God dang gypsies. <laughs> gypsies or rednecks. <laughs> Anyways, Robbie loves pit parties. The, yeah, I'm sorry, Robbie. Were there yes to the where, gravel pits? Where? Are okay, the, here's my people. I got my people. Oh, she's got her people. <laughs> she's yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm, that's where I was when I was 17. Sorry, where are these? Where are these pits in Edmonton area? Robbie? Well, Lindsay's not. Uh, oh, even Kathleen says heck yeah. Just by Stony Plain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, uh, stay tuned for our next investor meetup pit, pit party. party. Hell yeah. Real estate pet parties. Uh, Annette says, absolutely how I spent my teenage years. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Wow, I'm really glad that I brought this up. I feel seen. Wow. (laughs) Robbie says, it is a Vancouver Island special. Wow. Look at everybody. (laughs) A palette bumper, yes. Kathleen. Wait, Zach Zakaya says, Wayne, even I've been to a pit party, bro. <laughs> and I, bush parties, Samantha, bush parties, yes. Okay, so what happened to nerdy numbers? Suddenly, like one day everybody wants nerdy numbers, the next day they want pit parties. <laughs> you know who I was hanging out with? I was I was hanging out in basements, you know, um, yeah. plucking strings and and hitting high notes and hanging out with engineers. Drinking your beer from the beer store? Yes. In Ontario, we, we buy our beer from the beer store. Yes. Yeah. There's drink, a store. Drinking your milk out of bags. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we drink milk out of bags and we get our beer at the beer store. <laughs> but Trevor says bush parties are the best. Big in Ontario. Where were you, Wayne? Uh, Sitting in your basement? City folk. Um, <laughs> city. F- <laughs> Kathleen says we are complex people. And then Lindsay says we are evolving. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So um, it's quite clear that none of you were 17 years old and, and asking to buy houses and flipping us. No. Purchase contracts. We were all badasses. Wow. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at you now. That's crazy. I'm glad we ended on such a high note. That was fun. <laughs> um, okay. Manzur has never oh. been to a pit party either. And there you go. Yeah. You guys were playing your video games in the basement. Freaking nerds. Getting nerdy. um yeah i don't think i've ever been to a pit party i mean i've been i've been to i feel like we definitely need to throw a pit party now i mean like they often got shut down by cops so we don't really want that you know in our in our 30s i i want to see the headline (laughs) i want to see the headline in the Edmonton journal or the the stony plain gazette um 50 high profile real estate investors were arrested on sunday (laughs) what they called an investor meetup at a pit party. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Um, no drugs or alcohol were found, but they were ordered to pick up all of the business cards that were left behind. <laughs> the whole event was launched and broadcasted live on an app called StreamYard. If you want to watch the video, uh, you can before it's deleted off the internet. I think we should do it. Does someone have a farm that we can do that without trespassing? That's a responsible way to do it. Okay, who that uh, is. Okay. Let's get something together here. 
I feel that forming. Unbelievable. Uh, we, we Not a pit party and definitely not um, a kegger, but we are planning on potentially having a little barbecue get together at our, when our flip is completed in St. Albert, we are planning on um, hosting and, and maybe doing a little bit of a barbecue thing. Um, so um, definitely no kegs will be there and, and, and we won't be burning any pallets in the, in the, in the fresh grass in the backyard. Uh, but we, you know, we are planning on having to get, get together here in about two months. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, what a terrific show. Yeah, Thank you guanks, guys, everybody guys. for calling in and, and the great topics and, and I'm glad you guys were able to bond on such a deep level. I <laughs> uh, will see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 